Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Linda Halderman, and I serve as a shepherding deacon here at the church. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. We praise you, O God, for the comfort you offer and the bounty you, dis you bestow. Where you reign, there is peace. In your word, there is power. We seek your presence so we might receive a spiritual blessing. Grant wisdom and insight to your gathered that we might know the mystery of your will. We have welcomed a baby in Bethlehem. Now we seek to learn more fully our inheritance in Christ. Share with us again the gospel of salvation. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God. Could it be this baby in my arms, sleeping now, 
angel said, how could it be? my flesh, not of my bones, still father let this baby be the son of my love. Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? He looks so small, his face and hands so fair, but when he cries, the sun just seems to disappear, <laughs> when he laughs, it shines again, how could it be? Show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? How could it be this baby in my arms sleeping now so peacefully? The Son of God, the said, how could it be?
We please stand for the call to worship. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory shall appear over you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawning. Let us worship God. Friends, as we continue to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ in this Christmas season, we know that God is ever more ready to hear and forgive than we are to pray. God's love surrounds us at all times, and God's grace is there for us always. Relying on that much love of God for us, let us pray our confession together.
We confess to you, God of our ancestors, that we have heard your word but ignored its witness. We have not an agreement with your truth, but we follow our own ways. Your commands are frozen on paper, for we do not warm to their possibilities for our lives. As the word became flesh in Christ, we pray it may come alive in us. Melt our rigid perceptions and prejudices, break down our resistance to change. Link us together in a community of faith, boldly receptive to the gospel. We want to be a communion of forgiven and forgiving sinners. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, God has heard our petition and our prayers and believe the good news of the gospel. Now let us affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, and the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, we greet one another in the name of Jesus Christ.
Happy New Year. That's right. Good start. Yes. Well done. We welcome you here to Church of the Palms on this, the first Sunday of a new year and the second Sunday of Christmas. We are grateful that we can be rejoicing in the newborn Savior together as we look ahead to a wonderful year before us. We hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome, especially if you're visiting with us today. Perhaps you have come to us from the chilly north and we are grateful that you're here and we hope that you will find this to be always a place of welcome for you. We would love for you to fill out the friendship pads and pass those along to your neighbor and we would love to find uh, the chance to put name and face together. Join us underneath the tree after the service for a time of fellowship and gathering and perhaps getting better acquainted with one another. We have uh, a great menu of opportunities of ministry enlisted in your bulletin. We would love for you to take that home and read through all the opportunities you have to sort of turn over your new leaf in 2015. We uh, want to call to your attention opportunities we have on Wednesday. Wednesday begins a, a new set of classes for us, Palms University being led by Frank Morvek, one of our lay leaders. We're grateful for Frank's assistance in that effort, but we would love for you to take uh, an opportunity to study what those uh, opportunities are. We have three classes that are beginning. First of all, we have a class being taught by Minky Brown, who will be leading us on uh, the different world religions and comparing and contrasting the world religions of our time. Uh, we also have a class being taught by Jan Hunt for women on Sabbath taking. What does it mean to be in Sabbath? Take Sabbath each, each week. That's a wonderful opportunity for you to be a part of that, and then also Dr. Bruce Hedgepeth, our, one of our associates, is going to be leading an experience on Wednesday nights at 6.30 called Oasis, where we'll, you'll have the chance to come and be in worship and have some teaching uh, at 6.30 in the chapel. And so that's a new opportunity for you to kind of take a, an Oasis during the course of your week to be in praise and worship as well as to be uh, taught we would love to have you come and be a part of that. Dinner precedes all of these things, so come to the Campus Center. A wonderful chance for you to kind of get a new start into a new year with these new opportunities that we have here at Church of the Palms. We would also like to call to your attention that two of our uh, members have passed away this week, not yet having a chance to mention that in the bulletin. Joan Pagano uh, died about a week ago, and we keep her family in our prayers. Her service will be next Sunday at 1 p.m., uh, at the clubhouse and their development. And John White just recently passed away. Uh, John, a longtime member of our choir, uh, we uh, mourn his passing and you can keep Marion in your prayers and we do not have details on, um, on his services. Now let us continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we come to this time in our service with grateful hearts. We thank you that you have met our provisions along the journey of our life. And now we gratefully give to others according to the needs of the church in the spirit, the joyful spirit of our Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And we look now forward to our children coming forward to join Lori. Good morning. Good morning, thank you. Happy New Year. Thanks. How's it going? Good. Take a good look at this as you pass your way by because I have an important question for you. Yeah. What are you wrinkling your nose for? Hey Davis, how are you buddy? So, you see my suitcase here? It's not one of the really brand new coolie ones with like four wheels that turns, it's old fashioned, but have you ever used one? Have you ever used a suitcase? Yeah? Did you go somewhere? Where'd you go? Where'd you go on your trip? Yeah. Atlanta. You went to Atlanta, cool, where else? North Carolina. North Carolina, Ginny. Pennsylvania, then Connecticut. Nice, very cool. Andy, you've used one of those before too? One of those, yeah? Where'd you go? Washington, D.C. Wow, very cool. Imagine if you and your family were told to go to Egypt. You don't know how long you're gonna stay. You don't even really know where Egypt is. What would you pack in your bag? You have to go to Egypt and you don't know how long you're staying, what are you gonna pack? A map. A map, great idea. <laughs> Excellent. Sydney, what else would you pack? Clothes. Pack clothes, of course. Anything else that we think we should bring along on our trip to Egypt? Water. Water, good one. Sam. All survival materials. Yes. Are you a Boy Scout? Cub Scout, right. <laughs> Excellent. All these things, one more thing, yes. One of those little heat things that go in your shoes. Oh, smart, that is, I didn't even think about that. I would bring my toothbrush for sure. So this is kind of what happened in our Bible story today. Last week, Pastor Steve was up here and he told you about how the three wise men came and they gave the three gifts to baby Jesus. Then they went home by another way. Then, all of a sudden, King Herod is going crazy. This is one of the hardest stories in our whole entire Bible because King Herod is so jealous and so worried that baby Jesus is trying to take his crown. He orders all of his men to go to Bethlehem and get rid of all the little baby boys, two years and younger. But guess what? Joseph somehow is aligned with God, and God tells him, take your family, go to Egypt. That'll keep Jesus safe. And so it made me wonder, in 2015, what might we need to do to align our lives with God so that we hear him when he talks to us? It could be all kinds of things. I mean, maybe it's just saying a prayer in the morning as you get up and before you even put your foot on the floor, you go, thanks God for this day. Show me who to love today. Maybe it's when you go to bed at night and you think about all the ways that you saw God active in the world, like someone being nice to someone, or maybe you saw this really cool red bird and you go, man, I know God made that and he did a cool job with that one. 
somehow, we call those God's sightings in VBS, but it's somehow aligning our lives that God is present, God is with us, and what do we need to do to be more responsive, to hear God's call? Maybe it's doing a family devotion just one time a week. One time a week that you sit around the table and you read the Bible and you talk about it and you go, oh, what does that mean for us? Maybe, one more thing, maybe it's one time a month as a family, you go do something with God on your team that loves and serves other people. Just one time a month. Those are the kinds of things that we want to think about in 2015, about how we can align our lives with God so that we hear him and we're ready to go on a trip with him. So that's what we're going to talk about in kids worship today, our one thing. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for being active in our lives. We thank you for talking to us and leading us, and we just pray that we align our lives for you. Our faces are towards you so that we hear what you have to say, and then we can respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, a couple more announcements before we read the scripture. First of all, uh, many of you have inquired about the opportunity to pledge toward our 2015 ministry year. Uh, we love it when people are actually asking about pledging. We're thrilled about that, and so thank you. But last year we decided that we would move our stewardship season from the fall to the winter in order to allow our seasonal members and visitors to participate with us as we wonder together about uh, the opportunities and challenges for the year ahead. So we have moved our campaign until the end of January, January 25th and through February the 15th. We'll be receiving pledges in February 15th of this year uh, toward this great uh, year ahead of us. 2014 was a really wonderful year. We finished very, very strongly. In fact, we're oversubscribing to our mission partners. Uh, not often a church gets to say that, that we're gonna give more than we budgeted to our mission partners throughout the world. Uh, so we're looking ahead to even further challenges and opportunities in 2015. You'll have a chance to hear more about that in the weeks to come, and you'll be pledging in the middle of February toward our effort to equip disciples for the service of Christ. Also, uh, if you look at the back of your bulletin, and especially for those of you who are maybe back visiting with us again, uh, this is an opportunity for you. These last two pages in your bulletin are an opportunity for you to take a journey with us as we move through our narrative lectionary through the great story of God that we are uh, charting from Genesis to through the New Testament. And we're inviting you to do daily readings uh, to participate in that journey. Also at 1015 over in the chapel, Dale Valrath is teaching a wonderful class on the stories that we are focusing on on Sundays and throughout the week. So you might wanna take advantage of that as well on Sunday mornings to continue to chart your own course as we carry out our effort to understand God's word for our lives and so that we can be faithful in our effort to serve him in the year to come. So to that end, uh, we focus our attention on the story that Lori was just telling us about in Matthew chapter two, beginning at the 13th verse. So hear the word of God. 
Now after the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are now dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. And there he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, O Lord, we pray that these words to come will point to the word just read and to the word made flesh that we too may take our own trip in faithfulness to you, that we may be light alongside your light that shines in the darkness. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. Over the last several weeks, toward the end of the year, we have been swamped with lists, top 10 lists the top 10 list of 2014. I'm not sure who gets appointed to come up with these top 10 lists. I don't know what the qualifications are, but we have the top 10 movies, we have the top 10 songs, we have the top 10 books, we have the top 10 moments in sports, we have the top 10 celebrities, top 10, top 10, top 10. Along with these top 10 lists come a few dozen attempts by a few dozen authorities to list the top 10 news stories. The top 10 most important events in 2014. The lists vary, of course, depending on where you are in the world, of course. But one of the few news events that appears fairly consistently on all the top 10 lists is the event of Ebola, the spread of the Ebola virus, a humanitarian tragedy, especially in the continent of Africa, but also one that has spread fear across the planet. The U.S. alone, with its 320 million people, when we learned that one case had developed inside our borders, there was enormous concern raised, the spotlight of public attention trained upon the U.S. government and the Center for Disease, Disease Control and the efforts being made to quarantine potential victims and to secure the border from any potential carriers. Airports were placed on high alert, hospital staffs trained, early warning signs communicated. The nation has been and continues to be on high alert as well it should. Immunization is being rushed to the market to protect us from infection. 
Now, what has taken place globally and nationally to fight this virus illustrates at a macro level all of what takes place inside our bodies on a micro level. The human body is an amazing fighting machine. The human immune system, and I don't pretend to understand it, is this complex system of cells and antibodies and organs that are standing at the ready to mount an all-out defense against any type of foreign agent that appears to have entered the body. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a war is being waged inside you to ward off anything that is not supposed to be there. We don't even have to think about it. The human, human immune system is working instinctively to repel anything that does not appear to belong. When scripture says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Certainly the human immune system is one thing that comes to mind when it comes to being wonderfully made. Now when it comes to immune systems, either global or physiological, one also has to wonder if in some deeply spiritual sense that what we are reading about when we read Matthew's frightening and rather disturbing account of the events that took place in the wake of Jesus' birth that perhaps what we are reading about is some system of immunity. Certainly Matthew wants us to know about the event of Jesus' birth, though likely missed by the top 10 list makers of the day. The event of Jesus' birth with a virgin conceiving and stars moving in the heavens and wise men migrating from the east and old King Herod panicking on the throne. Matthew wants to suggest to us that from the outside, some unusual, seemingly foreign, and most certainly threatening reality has entered into the sphere of the world. An agent from beyond has penetrated our defenses and is seeking to infect the human race. Where is the child to be born, asked Herod of the Jewish teachers. In other words, where's the virus? Where might I find the foreign agent? Where might I best deploy the antibodies? And when Herod learns from the scribes that the prophets had spoken of Bethlehem, now all of a sudden Earth's immune system goes to work, and Herod unleashes the antibodies, and before you know it, terrible things happen in Bethlehem. To rid the world of the foreign visitor, Herod kills the good and the innocent. So threatened by the birth of the newborn king, the people's Messiah, the one named Jesus who will take his people, take the sins from the people, the one whose love will begin to infect the world with a gracious virus with no known antidote, Herod and his immune system attack anything two years and younger. Matthew's telling us a big story, a cosmic story about God God entering into the world in the Messiah Jesus. And while Herod stands as the primary agent of immunization in the story, the truth is what Matthew wants us to hear is that the world, not just Herod, the world has an immune system when it comes to whatever it is that Jesus brings. We are on alert, we are readied with our defenses. The child who will someday walk the dusty trails of Palestine and speak and teach and direct and, and and heal this foreign agent from a foreign kingdom will be met with resistance of the human immune system all along the way from his hometown, from his rabbinical colleagues, from the political establishment, from his own band of brothers. The world will do all it can to resist this foreign visitor. Strap him up on the cross, they'll someday say. Drive some stakes into him. Pierce him with the spear. Do whatever it takes 
to rid the world of goodness and truth and love and grace and hope. Now, can I take a risk with you this morning? Can I take a risk with you and suggest that maybe, maybe, what you and I do in December, with all of our efforts toward doing Christmassy kinds of things, you know, peace on earth, goodwill toward all, donations to the needy, best behavior for our neighbors and enemies, hugs and holiday cheer, is it possible that all these things we do and then grow exhausted from give us just enough of what it is that the Savior has brought, but only enough to keep us from catching the real thing. That is what an inoculation is, right? It gives you just enough of the virus to keep you from catching the real thing. Could we have been inoculated from Christ by Christmas? That after we've stored the last bag of decorations and returned the last items to the store and have said to ourselves, oh, I'm glad that's over that what we have in essence done is given ourselves just enough of the goodness, enough of the truth, enough of the joy, enough of the hope, infected ourselves with just enough of the gracious contagion that we have protected ourselves from the real thing. Because you see, the real thing the real Messiah, the real Jesus, comes to us at the beginning of this year, as he does every year, and says, follow me. Follow me. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and the son brings his contagion of love and says, follow me. I am on the mission to love the world. But you have to know that the world is on a mission of immunity, Jesus says, against me. The world sees my presence as threat, sees my love as disorienting, but follow me, he says, as I seek to infect this world with love. Love God, he says, love neighbor, he says, make disciples, he says, it is the mission. And what will happen when you try to do this is that the world's immune system will push back. If you fight for the little guy, the world will push back. If you advocate for the poor, the world will push back. If you sit with the sick, the world will push back. If you try to forgive your enemy or love your enemy, the world will push back. If you try to bring Jesus to somebody, the world will push back. If you, if you seek to advocate for peace instead of war, the world will push back. If you eat with tax collectors, the world will push back. If you touch lepers, the world will push back. If you raise the dead, the world will push back. Welcome, Jesus says, to the pushback. So can I challenge you today, four days into the new year, can I challenge you? Is there something in this world you think Jesus came to do something about? Is there something in this world you think Jesus came to do something about? It doesn't matter what it is. Not hard to come up with a list, your own top 10 list. Hunger, righteousness, discipleship, soul saving, justice, evangelism, disease, homeless, you name it, make your list. 
If there's something you think that Jesus came to do something about, just one thing, I challenge you to choose it and with him do something about it. There's something that Jesus came to do something about and choose it and do something about it. Give money to it, give your time to it, give your treasure to it, your talent to it, deploy your resources, choose a different way of doing things, but do something about it. And if you were hoping that this sermon wasn't going to make you feel uncomfortable, if you were hoping that no change would be asked of you so soon after Christmas, if this invitation and challenge for you to step up and do something new and different causes in you a feeling of resistance and instinctive pushback, well then, welcome to the human race. Welcome to the human condition because that's our own immune system trying to resist, trying to keep the contagion of the Redeemer away. Bob, but here's the good news. You can't keep the contagion of the Redeemer away because real, real love, once it's in the world, you can't get rid of it. Herod learned that. It never goes away. Herod goes away, the scribes go away, the resistance goes away, the Romans go away, but the love of Christ never goes away. The light, remember, shines in the darkness and the darkness will never overcome it. The body is still being broken, the cup will still be poured. There is no antidote for love, no inoculation once you become its agent. Love is like matter, it cannot be displaced. It never ends, Paul says. Follow me, Jesus says. You can't beat it. You might as well join it. So I challenge you today, I challenge you in this new year to think about the one thing that Jesus came to do something about and then do it. Love like Jesus loved. Resist this resistance in yourself. Resist the immune forces from around you and put up a fight. Be bold. Walk with Jesus into the fray. Let the contagion of Christ enter you. And so then, through you, enter the world. You know the old story of the two guys talking, and the one says to the other, you know, Someday I'd like to ask God, why doesn't he end hunger? Why doesn't he house the homeless? Why doesn't he watch out for the little guy? Why doesn't he bring peace to the world? Well, why don't you, replied his friend. Well, because I'm afraid he might ask me the same question.
Friends, the good news of Christmas is that God so loved the world that he entered the world knowing that the world would push back, knowing that though he has all good in store for us, we would want somehow to reject that. But friends, the Lord has come to us again today at this table in bread and cup, promises to be with us in a unique way in order to penetrate our lives, in order to fill us with his grace, in order for us to be infected with his love, not only for our sakes, but for the sake of those who live in the darkness, who have not yet seen the light. So friends, come to this table and find here this God who wishes to overwhelm you with his forgiveness and his love and his mercy, seeks to make you a contagious part of his plan so that we may be the true body of Christ in the world. Hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ as they are delivered by the Apostle Paul. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the same night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat of this, remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. And he will come again. Let us pray. Receive us, O Lord. Break down our resistance. Make us susceptible to your grace. Help us to once again accept you as Lord and Savior of our lives. And by accepting you, we then get to be your agents in the world. Join us at this table through your Holy Spirit. Surround us with your grace, overwhelm us with your love, that we may be a blessing to the world. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Our Lord took bread.
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and will not overcome it. And after supper, Jesus took the cup.
Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever lives and believes in him should not die, but will live forever. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. pray. Most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for having fed us with this holy meal. We pray that you will help us and teach us to reflect your love and your grace in everything we do every day of this new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>